Hello. My name is Jan Arden. By the way, this is the Jan Arden Podcast and show. I'm here today with Sarah Burke. She will be engineering this podcast and producing it and also will be my sidekick because Caitlin has left us. I'm not going to lie. Uh, she made no bones about it. She didn't seem all that sad to be missing this week's show. Uh, she's in Mystique. She actually sent us a voice note, kind of like we've been asking you to send us. If you can believe it, night one, when we arrive, we go to really the only bar restaurant on the island called Basil's Bar. It's this storied, amazing spot that I guess a lot of celebrities have frequented. So when we go in, everyone notices that there is someone who looks a little bit familiar on the dance floor. And my husband correctly clocks right away that it's Rachel Weiss or Weiss. So she's just there dancing, looking lovely, having a blast. And no one's obviously taking photos or doing anything weird. No one's approaching her. It's very, it's very polite. And then my husband also notices that just down at a table overlooking the ocean, of course, is her husband, Daniel Craig. So night one, James Bond sighting, pretty epic. And he also said, as soon as he saw him, he said to me, direct quote, I just saw him take the most James Bond swig of a beer ever. So I don't know how you top that, but we're going to try because we're here for a few more nights and it's spectacular and magnificent and not at all real life. And I, I don't care to return. So if this is the last you ever hear from me on this show, just know that I have defected Canadian winter living and decided that I'm now a permanent resident of Mystique. Caitlin said it's just all very famous people. I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you have a home in Mystique, I bet you there's some kind of giant tax loop. Just saying. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm very excited this week. Very excited. It's the run-up to Christmas. As promised, we have holiday content. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a voice message. Somebody contacted us. We have a voice message. Sarah, let's play it. Hi, Jan, Caitlin, and Sarah. You've been asking for voice messages for a little while now, so I'm sending one to you. My name is Jamie Draper, and my partner Greg and I listen to your podcast every week on the way home from our cottage, and we absolutely love it. And given that you're focused on the holiday theme right now, I had a question for Jan around her cameos. Uh, she did one for my mom's birthday back at the start of the pandemic, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, really funny. She sang a bit of Good Mother. She talked about lockdown. And anyways, really loved it. So I know that Jan donates the proceeds of the cameos to help various animal charities. And I was just wondering if she'd expand a little bit on what she does with the, the cameo funds, what got her into cameo, um, and if she has any interesting cameo stories that she could share. Would love to hear it in the next podcast. Thanks. Well, I am happy to answer that question. What got me into cameo? Gosh, you know what? I think it came through my office. Cameo was probably trying to get you know, more people on board, more public figures on board for their platform. And uh, the office just asked me about it. So we set it up and, you know, just tried it. Listen, I don't, I would never be comfortable. And I'm not saying this to anybody out there that does cameo and doesn't donate the money. That's your deal. There's some people that do 30 seconds for like a thousand bucks. I would never, ever be comfortable with that. Uh, my cameos are 99 US dollars. It's all in US funds, I think. 
and uh, I do three or four minutes and I've done almost 4,000 of them. And the donations are really varied. 100% of the money goes to animal welfare. I mean, you do the math. I've I've done almost (laughs) 4,000 of them at 99 bucks a pop. Do you have a favorite um, animal organization? No, I don't have favorites. I have donated everything from equine safety. As you know, I'm really, you know, very much into horses, but the meat dog trade, the cat, you know, meat trade um, in different parts of the world, elephants, the Shelter Trust, I've given money to, um, the man who rescues dogs. Uh, There's literally thousands of places that I've given small donations. So I figure it's more effective for me than giving you know, $10,000 or something to someone. There's so many people that are in need and there's so many people that $100 makes a difference whether they keep their doors open that week or not. These are people in Gaza. These are people in Israel. These are people in Africa, every corner of the globe, Finland, Russia. These are about the animals. Yeah. So honestly, when, when people talk about that, I have no political leanings. I think the welfare of animals... Uh, Ukraine, I was doing quite a few animal rescues in Ukraine. People just literally trying to save farm animals from getting them out of the bombing and the destruction. And they needed money for gas for vehicles to hook trailers up to so that they could load on 10 pigs and drive them 400 kilometers, you know, at their own peril to get them to safety. So it's things like that. I'm thinking a hundred bucks worth of gas or 200 bucks worth of, you know, petrol, to get them going. So my my reasons are yeah. if it pops up in front of me, if a friend gives me a name of something, I think I've asked you about Cameo before. If Sarah, if you've got somebody that you like, I'm sure we've done that. I think right now too, one on the top of your mind would be like your horseshit.ca. Because we have it set up with the horseshit.ca, we have lots of sweatshirts and t-shirts and stuff. You know, we do have funds to do the things we need to do. And I generally don't donate the money into that. I really try and look outside of that because they do okay. And we're able to help actual horses. Yeah. None of it is used for legal proceedings or anything. So yeah, I'm glad you like the cameo. Uh, Jamie's follow-up question was, is there any weird cameo stories that you could tell us? You don't have to tell a name. No, I've, I've, people have asked me to ask people to marry them. I've broken up with people on cameo (laughs) for them. I'm just like, hi, I'm Jan. I just want to tell you, and people, I could d- decline it, I suppose, but I funny. really think, would I rather have the $99 to donate to, you know, somebody <laughs> that needs to feed their their animals? But sorry about your breakup. I'm sorry about your breakup, but I am breaking up <laughs> for you. So I've done things like that. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. Jamie and Greg. And we had letters too. Should we read some? Oh my gosh, we have to. This is so exciting. By the way, Jamie, you were like the first person who sent us a voice note in so long that you will go down in history as one of our favorite listeners. So thank you. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Lots of comments about the wine from your Neil story on last week's show. The wine was a hit. (laughs) The wine, when I was talking about the wine that was in sort of the the, uh, woven basket, the bottom of it. Yeah. It was people responded to that and not me actually sleeping with, <laughs> with my landlord. landlord for my rent. That is so funny. Not a comment about the landlord. I know. Leslie said it was Rufino Chianti in the bottle with the straw wrapping around the bottom. It was Rufino Chianti. Yeah. 
Uh, Brenda on the topic of the wine said, by the way, that wine you drank with your landlord friend, it sounded like it could have been a Matthias. Oh, Matthias? Matus. 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 And she said, remember when Italian restaurants would convert these bottles to candle holders and wax would be dripping down the sides? (laughs) Yes. Okay. You know, people are very forgiving, Sarah. (laughs) They didn't didn't have any comment on me literally pretty womaning myself, (laughs) you know, just to keep in my apartment. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty, that's pretty sweet. So a dating story. This is from Kathy Bruce. Jan, I will share my dating story with you. I will tell you a piece of it now and we'll send you another message later this evening. I left my husband in 2013 at 45 years old. Somewhere around 2015, I was contacted by a guy who I had dated in high school. We chatted a bit and then over Facebook Messenger with some fun, dirty talk. So he knew how to find me. He's been living in Europe since graduating from university and he wanted to meet up for coffee while he was home visiting family. We had a long chat, which was spark-filled, at least for me, but we went our separate ways after the coffee because he felt I was too freshly separated to pursue anything. I tried to convince him to come back to my place, making it pretty obvious what I wanted from him. (laughs) Too much of a gentleman, apparently. More later, we never received the second message. Kathy? Follow up. (laughs) We never received the second message. (laughs) People are waiting in the parking lot in their cars, waiting for the follow-up messages. Phyllis says, Jan, I'm the same with books. I can't stop buying them. I am addicted. I hoard them, and I don't care what anyone thinks. Hmm. And just a little hello to Stacy, who says, I listen to your podcast every week faithfully. I love it. I look forward to hearing each week what you're going to discuss. Keep up the great work. Thankful for all you ladies. All the best, Jan, for the holidays. Well, this is, I think we're over the, we're over the hump. Mm-hmm. We, we have people in droves. And by droves, I mean, we have five people. Yes. <laughs> that are responding <laughs> to our pleas to communicate with us. Oh, incoming. We have another voice note. From Caitlin Green, live from Mystique. As a follow-up, apparently just across the harbor from the house that we're staying in is Mick Jagger's house. So it honestly looks swimmable. And that might just be because I think I'm 50% rum at this point as a human being. But I think we could make it over there. At least that's the group consensus amongst all of our friends. (laughs) Not that he would want us there. And apparently also Robert Pattinson and Sookie Waterhouse are vacationing on the island at the moment. So that means that not only is James Bond here, but Batman is here. So in the event of some sort of criminal outbreak, I think we're covered. Caitlin is in Mystique with James Bond. Um, Elf on the Shelf. Have you ever done Elf on the Shelf? Jewish people apparently have mench on a bench, <laughs> yeah, which really makes me laugh. I think that this phenomenon sort of started after I had grown up, to be honest. So no, we never did it in my household anyway. But it's a big thing for my friends who have kids, I think. So my parents never did anything like that. I yeah. think they were too exhausted to even get uh, an elf on the shelf. Yeah. It wasn't a thing in the 70s, as far as I know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. So- I was scrolling through TikTok, as you do. Sometimes I'll look at it for 15 minutes and be dazzled by information that I didn't think I even wanted to know. And what did you find out? This woman had filled, while everyone was at school and her husband was at work, she filled the family toilet with (laughs) jello, a blue jello. And then she dumped in the hot water and she stirred it. And then she had... (laughs) 
you know, waited all day for this stuff to set, which it kind of sort of did. She said, oh, that's good enough. Um, she put the elf there uh, kind of in little bathing suit trunks. Oh, he's like swimming. He was on the edge of the toilet and she glued little tiny cups and she had like little tiny watermelons and and pineapples and all the accoutrements. And an umbrella was stuck on there. Is the elf in Mystique? The elf could possibly be in Mystique. But it was so hilarious, the trouble she went through. I didn't have the wherewithal to click on to the responses of her family because <laughs> there was like a part one, two, and three, and four. Anyway, so... What they've been talking about is the expenses that people are going through. I would imagine the cleanup of that particular Elf on the Shelf stunt would have been a bit much because you'd have to suction the blue jello out of the toilet. You couldn't possibly... Oh, you know what she did? What? I'm thinking about this now. She cut it up. They cut it up with a knife into small chunks and they flushed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what they did. So there's a list here of things you can do with your elf on the shelf. Please do tell. And these are supposed to be inexpensive? I guess so, because people okay. are spending too much money. Okay, making snow angels on the kitchen counter. Takes two minutes to put together. You sprinkle flour, marshmallows, or sprinkles on your counter and lay the elf on top. Use the arms and legs to create a snow angel. That's cute. Yeah, but once again, you've got some cleanup to do. I'm being a Grinch. The kid's like a mess. What's a couple more? Playing a card game with stuffed animals. So you can set them up like they're in a circle on your couch, your kitchen table, or your floor. Choose your child's favorite card game. Divide up the cards between the toys like they're playing. Then they get drunk and then they make out. We could also have that. The next tableau, the elves are on top of each other and there's a disco ball hanging. That could happen at the holiday party. There's a DJ holiday party here option. If you have a record player... Put a Christmas record on, place the elf on top of the record player in the morning, turn on the record and say to your kid, look what he's spinning down there. Like on the arm of the record player? You just put him near it, right? Okay. And then okay. a bubble bath. If your kids hate bath time, maybe the elf can inspire them. Place the elf in a bowl or a dish, fill it up with marshmallows or cotton balls to resemble bubbles. Hmm. See, these are cute. Um, well, so so what is the, you, you just surprise your kids in the morning. How out of touch am I because I have no children? You're talking to the wrong person on that front. I mean, I think you and I are both equally but you, <laughs> But you're, you're, you are 25 years younger than me. Did you not, did you or your sister not have this? No. Because, is it because it's a Christmas thing, right? I honestly think that this is like in the last 20 years. So, you know, being 36, I would have been a teenager when I think this became a thing. Just like uh, for Christmas, you know, there's a lore about Santa that you try to keep up with the kids. I do remember my sister and I like staring out the window during Hanukkah when we were little and asking if Santa was going to come. And my mother didn't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> I get that. I believed in Santa till I was like 11 or 12. I really did. I roomed it on the radio one time for a child. Isn't that terrible? It really is. You have a lot to atone for. Yeah. And like this dad called in and blasted me. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir, that listening to a classic rock station that your child was in the car. I'm sorry. Well, I can't believe he took the time to admonish you, which is <laughs> kind of silly. I, I'm sorry about that. But you know, people are... Um, Who's the Grinch, me or that guy? I don't know. Well, it's, it's probably easier for them. They'd have to buy less stuff for their children from mom and dad. You can, you can eliminate 50% of your gift giving from Santa, correct? I would hope so. We are winding our way towards New Year's mm. again, which I I can't believe. 
My mom has been gone five years on December the 29th. Oh. Five years. Cannot believe it. If she walked in this door right now, I wouldn't even be surprised. Because that would be my mother. If anyone could make it back, it would be her. But honest to God, I know that life would, it would just, if she could just reappear, it would be like nothing ever happened. It would be like, hey, how you doing? It just, it doesn't seem like any time at all. It's really unbelievable. But the point I was going to make um, is as we're heading towards New Year's, I just heard about this like last week and I actually did it. I don't know if I'm going to reveal what my answers are, but what did you Google in 2023 was the question. So okay, okay, I looked it up, but I was just wondering if you would like to look at your Google history. Go to your Google, click on your Google. Oh, Google search history. Here it is. Like, it's kind of scary. The one thing that really shocked me is like, I'm quite morbid. Like for some reason, if I see a story, okay. I will, I want to find out more about it. So for instance, the people that are climbing Everest, that they have been going up and down for the last two years, there's a climber there. They call him Green Boots because he had on green boots. And they didn't know who he was for a long time. Well, he's dead. He's, he's in his puffy coat and his pants. He's frozen solid. He's on this ledge. He's got his oxygen tanks beside him. He's got his stuff, his backpack. Everything is there. It's not been touched. And I'm just like, I, I clicked on green boots. So like, that's one of the searches. And I found out that they do know who the guy is. And why wouldn't they <laughs> remove this guy off, off the Everest? Like, why wasn't he like bundled up and carried down by somebody. Like I don't understand. So I Googled that. <laughs> I don't even want to say, I Googled a lot about Rush. Oh, because you were preparing for your Getty Lee interview? I Googled, does the keg have vegan options? <laughs> Which they do now. Okay. Anyways, I'm not going to go on, but a lot of it is kind of morbid of things that I was trying to find out. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> right. But it's not like I'm Googling tips for the greatest Christmas cookies of all times. I'm Googling green boots who's been dead for two years on the side of Mount Everest. Best chicken noodle soup recipe. I've Googled, oh Googled that. Okay. But let's, let's yeah. look at some of the trends. You want to hear the, what other yes. people are Googling? Yes, I do. I want to feel better about my life. Okay. Top 10 why searches of 2023. Why is Kleenex leaving Canada? I don't know anything oh. about this. Do you? So people are Googling this? Yeah. Why is Kleenex leaving Canada? Let me Google it. Why is Kleenex? <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh, we are going down a wormhole. See, this is what happens. The decision was likely this made is... because profit margins profit margins on the product were thin to begin with, and inflation has consumers choosing cheaper <sighs> options. So like the brand name Kleenex is pulling out of the Canadian consumer market. That's crazy. I didn't know about that. Okay. I like Kleenex. Like, what do we what do we buy instead of Kleenex? Well, Just, it's like the no-name the no name brand of Kleenex, right? Like, Kleenex is a brand. But isn't it funny how the brand of Kleenex yeah. became the standard for, do you have a Kleenex? They don't ask, do you have a tissue? Right. They ask, do you have a tampon? There's all different kinds. They don't say, do you have a Playtex? <laughs> do you have, a, do you have an, o, an OB? No one says, do you right. want an OB? No, I want something with an applicator, thank you. I don't want to have to cram it up there myself. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay. I want a handle. Okay, sorry, go. Why is Gwyneth Paltrow in court? Do you know why she was in court this year? Was it something to do with, I don't know, I have, nor do I care, but go ahead, why? 
She prevailed in the dramatic court tussle over dueling ski crash claims with the retired optometrist, Terry Sanderson, who sued her for liability in a collision on Utah Mountain in 2016. So what are some of the other trends? Why did Justin and Sophie separate, our prime minister? Mm -hmm. Why is Mm -hmm. Twitter now X? Why do moose shed their antlers? These were some of the top searches? Yes. Um, What is quiet quitting? We talked about that a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is there. What is Burning Man Festival? Have you ever gone to Burning Man, Jan? No, I just, I, and, and I, apparently there's a whole sober movement at Burning Man mm-hmm. that has been happening, but didn't Burning Man have a really terrible summer with, they, they had so much mud that nobody could get out of there. Yeah. This yeah. summer, like there was people really, don't go, like don't yeah. go to Burning Man. How old is, oh, this one's good. How old is Jan Arden? How old is John Tory? Remember the John Tory oh. story? <laughs> because he had a fling, a little fling this year, and he is no longer the mayor of Toronto. So anyway, let me ask you this, yes. now that you're bringing this up. Does a fling say, like whether it's Bill Clinton or John Tory or whoever it is, does having a fling while you're doing this job, does it mean that you're unable to do your job? Like, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I don't think that's a reason to not be president or when you're talking about a person's character, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You, you look at someone like Trump, who I hate even mentioning his name, but the crap that he's done. And yeah, um, I, I see where you're going with that. I just, I don't understand. Like <laughs> there's other things. It's not illegal to have an affair. It's not against the law to have an affair. Yeah, it just puts you in a precarious position in your role, so? I guess, in your role. Okay. Because it's a public trust thing. It's like, oh, if this man will cheat on his wife, then what else is he lying about, maybe? Something okay. like that. But I do agree with you. Does it actually affect your skills towards your job? Probably not. Maybe distraction-wise a little bit. And if you're in the public eye like, and you're distracted, then you, you're not doing your job the best you can. I wonder what statistically uh, the the, um, the numbers are. <laughs> the, the numbers are of the percentages of people that have affairs in their marriages. I'm going to take a wild gander and say it's fifty percent of people, whether it's the woman or the man, or the woman and the woman, or the man and the man. Like it's like that whole thing about people in glass houses. How common is infidelity? From Google, research from the past two decades shows that between 20 and 25% of married men cheat. Okay. And between 10 and 15% of married (gasps) women cheat. Thanks, Googs. Google is so awesome. Listen, you're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show, talking with Sarah Burke, Caitlin's in Mystique. It even sounds like Mystique. Do we even know where it is? We're Googling her location right now. We're going to Google Mystique and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. Don't go away, Drake has bought an amusement park. Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. Drake has bought an old, fantastical, forgotten amusement park made famous by artists. It's in Los Angeles. What does that mean? Do you know anything about this? Well, it began two hours north of Dallas, and then it's been shipped to LA. What do you mean shipped? All the stuff? Yeah, they had it in shipping containers. The creations of Luna Luna were dreamed up by icons of contemporary art. So there's an enchanted forest crafted by David Hockney. Nice. A Ferris wheel envisioned by Jean-Michel Basquiat. 
Oh, these are heavy hitter artists. Yeah. Where the whimsical contrasts with violent images of an exploding house and stark phrases of racial inequality are all placed in graffiti haste. I don't know what that means, but Keith Haring? Keith Haring, wow. There's a carousel from Keith Haring. There's actually something going on at the AGO from Keith Haring right now here in Toronto. Anyway, it's like handcrafted amusement park reactions and Drake has bought it. Luna Luna. But this is not rides, correct? What we're looking at here, it's it's going to be overtaking a giant Los Angeles warehouse space. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's um, almost like an art exhibit, but that does feature like old carousel like as an artifact. Well, apparently it's opening. I guess you can you can Google it. It opens this month. Opens this month and you can go look at old rides and stuff that no one's been on and that aren't really functioning. You know, I think it's cool to look at like, you know, what an amusement park would look like back in the day, right? Because this used to be in Dallas and it used to be, you know, a somewhat popular park. And now it's just, it's got art all over it. So, you know, imagine seeing like graffiti on something like a carousel. I don't know. I would, I would go see that. I would absolutely go see that. One of the most interesting things I saw last year, and I definitely want to do something like this again, there are art installations, but it's all projections. So you get into these giant warehouse spaces and they have everything, obviously just white walls. And you go in there and the one I went to was Van Gogh. Oh, the immersive experiences, right? Yeah. It's sort of immersive. You walk in and it was very emotional. You find out all this stuff about Van Gogh. Van Gogh would flip out (laughs) if he knew what his art and his life ended up meaning to the world and what has meant. I mean, this is a man that was so fought depression. His his poor brother tried to look after him his whole life. And yeah. anyway, I walked in there and that's the first thing I thought. I thought, I wish you could have seen this. I mean, maybe they can, maybe spirits can see it. Or like the Mona Lisa, right? Like to look at what that has become. There's a few artists that have done that. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of the other favorite thing that I saw last year was the ABBA the AI show, basically, yeah. it's it's all, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, KISS just made an announcement that they're working with the same company as ABBA. No. Yes. Here, I'll bring it up. KISS unveil digital avatars that will make them immortal. <laughs> this is what they announced in their final show at Madison Square Gardens. Although they're hanging up the skates for real, right? They just mm-hmm. did their final concerts ever. They will be digital avatars performing and they partnered with the same company as ABBA. Listen, I think it's a great idea. The Stones need to get it together too because it it, it really takes months and months and months. I know that ABBA spoke about- The digital suits, right? Yeah, and and they had to film, it was 300 and over 300 cameras in different positions, overhead, sideways, up their noses, strapped onto their thighs. I'm speculating here. But it had to be covered from every angle so you got that real- 3D thing. And it is a remarkable show. It's in London. Uh, You get off at a station called Pudding Lane, which really (laughs) made me smile. Uh, You hop off at Pudding Lane and uh, the building apparently can be dissembled. It is a temporary giant structure that holds 2,500 people. Mm. Uh, It has been selling out. It's already been held over. And I believe they're thinking about taking the show down to Australia and plunking it there for a couple of years so they can physically fold up this building that's like Lego and moving parts and ship it in in crates 
and take it down to Australia. It's a movable feast. Oh my gosh. There's some cool things happening. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, what's going on in Las Vegas at the Sphere? Have you checked that out at all? We talked about this a little while ago that, that people have been like falling over in it. Oh. In the Sphere. They, they are? <laughs> they've, had, <laughs> they've had some issues. Um, because it's too stimulating. Yeah, people that are motion sensitive because it's all around you. Hmm. And sometimes there's geometric design. Sometimes you're, I mean, imagine the sensation of being on a roller coaster and you're on the second balcony. Well, people have been falling out of their chairs oh my God. and falling and, and fainting and things like that. So I think it comes with a lot of warnings now. I don't know if they're making people sign off before they go into the space. Oh my but if you're a person that's sensitive to light, I know that people with certain kinds of epilepsy always have to have flashlight warnings. Uh, listen, I, I don't think that would be the place for you at the Sphere, but it's a whole different thing. The band is static. They're on stage doing their stage show, but the stage lights up. You two looks like ants, apparently. Just yeah. little ants. Yeah. But I, I had a friend that just went and went to one show on like the Thursday night, loved it so much, bought a ticket and went again. I'm like, oh, so you're $2,000 down now, huh? I think it would be incredible too. I mean, with music that is so loud, like uh, the Bjorn and Benny, the, the the sound volume in the auditorium. The decibels. Is really, really loud. Yeah, the decibel rate. And they're giving out uh, earplugs to everybody. That's smart. Like, would you like earplugs? So... I didn't take any. I wanted to have the full meal deal, but I would definitely, yeah. definitely go again. It's quite inexpensive in, in compared to what's going on out there. That's what I was going to say. Hmm. Taylor Swift, some people were paying $8,500 yes. to go and see her. They were going to Scalpers. They were going to StubHub. They were doing all that stuff online and paying thousands of dollars for a ticket. That was one of the top Google searches. How much are Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs> <laughs> see? Yeah, but it really was the year of Taylor Swift. I mean... I want to see this little concert film that she has um, in theaters. And I'm not like a huge Swifty. I just think as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, she's quite intriguing. People's Person of the Year, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Most streamed artists on Spotify. Well, I'm second. So <laughs> I have a music question for you, actually. Yeah. I was reading about Sarah McLaughlin's 30th anniversary tour she's doing mm, next year. So excited. And I know you were posting about that too because you're excited. But you're coming up in 2024. Is it not the 30th anniversary of Living Under June? Yeah, Living Under What's June. What's the plan, Stan? I don't know what the plan is. I have no idea. Is that a record you would revisit like in its entirety? Oh, I mean, I've been, I've revisited it all the time over the years. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's always been such a special record. I had six singles off of that album. No big deal. It was really nutty. Yeah, it was um, a really, really interesting time in my life. But I, yeah, getting back to Sarah, enough about me. I think it's going to be really, really amazing for her to do certainly her greatest hits, but also to focus on fumbling towards ecstasy mm -hmm. and doing every song off the record, walking through that record. We should try and get her to come on the podcast because you guys would have a lot to discuss about that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. I'll phone her up. I got her phone number. I'm sure she'd I'm sure she'd pick up if she knew it was me, right guys? <laughs> I'm sure she'd pick up the phone. Sarah, wouldn't you pick up? I'm gonna put a cricket sound effect right here. <laughs> just because I beat the living crap out of her in my television show, just because I took her down. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Just because I pulled her down a set of stairs because she stole Jan's magic scrunchie. 
No, I stole her magic scrunchie. That's why she wanted to come and beat me up. Okay, I'm getting it wrong. What are you doing here? I know you took my lucky scrunchie, and I want it back. She blames the whole run of bad luck on losing her lucky scrunchie. You have really lost it, McLaughlin. I don't know what you're talking about. Good day. I said, good day. Liar! It's all the devils in the details. But we should invite her. Well, if if I can't get a hold of her, maybe you maybe she'll pick up for you. Who's in the arms of the angel now, bitch? We'll work on it. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a berries and a berry. Because I didn't sing the words, they cannot charge us for that particular piece of music. Guess what? What a great year we had, 2023. Only 21 animals went extinct this year. Only 21. We're really knocking it out of the park. Mm. What did we lose this year? Included on the shameful list, birds, mussels, fish, and a mammal. And it's due to destroyed habitat, pollution, climate change, exploitation, invasive species are the culprits. Today's rate of extinction is at least 10 to hundreds of times higher than they have occurred over the last 10 million years. But who's counting, right? I know that you get thinking about this stuff all the time, and it's important for people to realize that everyday things that we do can impact this problem. Yeah. We're coming up on January. I have a sneaking suspicion that you might be talking about Veganuary again soon. Veganuary is coming up, or January Veganuary. Javania Veganuary. Remember when you couldn't say that last year? I think I said something about a vagina by accident. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, this these types of articles, when you send me them, I'm always like, one little thing that you can stop doing in your own household can really make a difference. Like, for example, I haven't bought Ziploc bags in a year, and that's big for me. I wash my Ziploc bags. Well, I have, do you the, wash yours? I have the reusable ones now. But even the non-reusable ones, I've had. I've used some for like over a year. Oh my I just rinse them out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I rinse them out. Yeah. Why not? Good for you. That makes a big difference. It's a little thing. And but... plus, is there still vegetable-y things that you're still eating? Like are you, you told me, do you still do uh, any tofu once in a while? Oh, yeah, you, yeah. You do a lot of chickpeas. When I go grocery shopping, I always buy a thing of tofu now as one of my protein meals. Impressive. There's so many great recipes for tofu as well. And folks, it's quite cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like it's pretty cheap. You can buy in bulk. Favorite, Costco sells tofu. Favorite in the air fryer. I'm I'm working on my air fryer recipes right now. The air fryer is great. You know what I just bought off of Timu? Timu, if you'd like to sponsor us, T-E-M-U. It is a new app. People are constantly showing these giant bags of Timu stuff. They buy, they buy shoes for like 69 cents. It is an ultra cheap, probably terrible for the environment. It's a conflict that we're probably even talking about, Timu, because this is... They've served me up ads. I didn't know. I didn't click on anything yet, but they've been serving me. But I've got some really interesting, very helpful things from Timu. Like what? And I will order from there once in a while. I bought some metal straws and it came with a cleaner. Perfect. Because I was so... I cannot do a smoothie with the cardboard straw from the from any airport. No. I feel like I'm giving... I'm not going to finish that. I cannot use a cardboard straw. Let's just leave it at that. No, no, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I, I felt like I, like I, I, getting trumpet lessons. That's from high school. What did you think I was going to say? It, it just, just it killed my cheeks. 
That's truth. Okay. Whatever. You say what you will. But I got at the cleaner, I got eight straws for a dollar six. The prices are rando. I got the cleaner. I got some slip covers for outdoor patio furniture that I was sick of the color of that I just put over the old patio furniture covers. Perfect. It was amazing. They were like $9.66. What else have I gotten from them? I've got a couple of really neat, weird light fixtures hmm. that were $1.19. I bought a pair of vegan red sneakers that I'm still waiting to get. Oh, no. They were expensive. They were $21.96 or something like that. And then this thing popped up on my Timu app and it said, you have three free things if you buy four more things. I'm thinking, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I literally found four things that were $0.79, cents, $3.30. I ended up spending $74. And you got a ton of stuff. A ton of stuff. Okay. But it started with the disposable, no, the, not the permanent straws, the metal straws. And they're fantastic. They came in a little carrying case and I love them. And when I was on set working on the Jan show or whatever, whenever I'm on a set somewhere, yeah. I bring these, these zany utensils and I use them Constantinople, which means constantly. Little things that you can change that will help our environment yeah. so less species go extinct. That was the point, right? <laughs> I, f I forgot what the question was. Maui lost eight birds this year. Island species are particularly vulnerable to extinction as they often exist nowhere else and have nowhere to go. So this goes back to Cameo now. Please request a holiday greeting from Jan so that she can donate to more animal shelters. Anyway, we got to get at it. We can't end the episode on this like very sad we're not gonna, note. We're not going to end the episode on this. Tinfoil. <laughs> Let's solve this little problem. Okay. When you unveil your box of tinfoil, doesn't matter what brand you buy, Reynolds, no name, co-op, whatever. You roll it out and you have a quandary. The shiny side or the not shiny side? Like if you're a headbanger putting foil up in your bedroom windows, which side do you want in? I would probably think the dull side so that the sun hits that shiny side and beams away from your basement suite apartment, right? You would think, but you know it actually doesn't matter at all which side you use. Why are you ruining this for me? <laughs> well, this is from the article you sent me this morning. Okay, that's why. <laughs> I love having the shiny side out. If I'm doing a baked potato, yeah. I somehow just feel ergonomically more professional, like a chef with the shiny side out when I'm baking a potato. Or doing my little <laughs> packs of steaming vegetables. You're saying to use parchment to make the oh, little packages. Oh, yeah. A, a girlfriend of mine, when we, I had like the girls at the cottage to celebrate one of their birthdays, she was like, oh, heating up the aluminum foil. It's not a good situation. Use parchment paper. Let's see. Health problems. Yeah, are you Googling? I'm Googling. Aluminum foil isn't considered dangerous, but it can increase the aluminum content of your diet by a small amount. Okay, so that's what it was about. Yeah, we're not trying to like make people afraid of tinfoil, but like don't make a hat. We don't need tinfoil hats. Hey, I was going to ask, you probably have some cooking and baking coming up. Isn't uh, your friend coming from the UK soon? Nigel? Not till Boxing Day. Okay, so you're just relaxing. I would be very interested in doing a cookie exchange. But uh, do I have to cook something? <laughs> a baking exchange. Baking, not cooking. Right. You know, when people show up at your house, we talked about that. Yes. We had our gathering on Sunday. 
I um, was in charge of the mimosa station. Well, I think that's a perfect station for you to be in charge of. So what time did this thing happen? It was like 1130. Did anyone get drunk? No one really got drunk. No, it was kind of, uh, there was no fun stories there. Everyone just had one mimosa. You got to at least have one drunk relative at the holidays. <laughs> no. That that's always makes it interesting. I tried to make the mimosas like holiday themes. So I did like a sprig of rosemary, a couple cranberries in there. And I did a splash of cranberry juice and pear juice. So it wasn't just orange juice. It was festive. That sounds really, really good to me. And you could have them without alcohol. I'm telling you, the mocktail is alive and well. And I just want to mention these people do not sponsor us in any way. If you're looking for... If you want to do like a gin tonic, but no gin or vodka, something like, or you're making a, um, like a punch or a sangria, you can use fever tree. Well, fever tree, those tonics are all good fever tree, but seed lip, just the way it sounds, S E E D L I P. You can find them in liquor stores. You can find them in your grocery stores, seed lip. And they have all these different botanicals that kind of mirror a gin or a vodka or I've even, a friend of mine did like a seed lip martini. It's a botanical, like two ounces, shaken with ice, a little sprig of whatever, like you said, some olives, and had an icy seed lip martini in a martini glass. There's no alcohol. And it was actually so delicious. But um, he also uses it for sangrias or like a mulled wine, you can go get de-alcoholized wine. And there's some really good ones out there. So if you're looking for drinks, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm going to get the cinnamon sticks. I'm going to get the anise little star anise. I'm going to chuck in a whole bunch of that stuff. I'm going to do orange juice. I'm going to do grape juice and cranberry juice. Have you seen the snow globe thing where you freeze the ice in the cup before you make it with like your sprig? So it looks like a tree. What? I'll send you a link. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. This is cool. I didn't have enough time. That sounds great. You make it look like a snow globe. You put your water in and your sprig in and you put all the glasses in the freezer if you have a big enough freezer so that in the morning, all you're doing is like adding in your liquid after, but it looks like there's a little Christmas tree in it. I'm telling you, you can never go wrong giving me an ice cube tray (laughs) that is like kitschy. I got a round ice cube tray thing maker. I didn't even, I couldn't even figure out how to use it, but it has been so much fun making people cocktails and giving them a very like large baseball size, one giant round ice cube in their glass. Mm. I've been super popular, even with the mocktails. Okay. Be creative. And you're right. You don't need a drunk relative. We don't need any of that. But if you have had a drunk relative, please write us and tell <laughs> us about it or send us a voicemail. You've been listening to the Jen Arden Podcast and Show. Hit that subscribe button. You can have a show up in your mailbox every week. What? We've had an idea. Something happened. We had one really important question that I saved until this moment for you. <gasps> Go. This one is from Sonia. I have a general Ask Jan question. Where did you learn the saying, toodly do? I love how you use it to sign off from your podcast each week. Is it something a family member used to say, or is it a Jan original? My mom used to say it all the time. Whenever I left their house to walk across, or like even when I wasn't living at home and they were not living on my property in their house, mom would always say toodly do when she said goodbye on the phone. Toodly do. Toodly do. Always. I don't know. I don't know why. But thank you for asking that question. It was my mom. And I've, I've heard people in the UK say that 
people during the war saying that in in like in England. Yeah. I've heard it on yeah, I've heard it on shows. Okay. Yeah, it's my mom would say it all the time. Over to you. Subscribe. You can give us a little rating. You can get, send us a review. Even if you don't like us, it still counts as something. But if you're listening to us and you don't like us, we're sorry. <laughs> and if you haven't learned something about tinfoil today, that was helpful. <laughs> I don't know what else you expect us to do. It's going to be Christmas soon. It's getting so exciting. I got so many things to talk about next week. I don't even know where to start, but we're just saving. The shows are just going to get better and better or not running towards the holidays. They're either going to be better or they're not going to be good at all. So you're going to want to hang around for that. You're going to want to know. Sarah's just nodding. Okay, we'll see you next time. The longest goodbye in the world. This is producer Sarah Burke going rogue for a quick moment to announce that the Jan Arden Podcast has just received the 2023 Broadcast Dialogue Award for Best Podcast. Congratulations to our hostess with the mostest. Here's a little bit of her reaction. Sarah, it's Jan. Holy shit. I cannot believe that we won something. I just came up from the basement. I was riding the bike. Anyway, congrats, my friend. Thank you so much. I just called Caitlin. She's in a restaurant with 007 and she's so fucking thrilled i didn't even know we'd been put forward um it's pretty goddamn amazing we'll talk all about it when caitlin is back with us next week totally do this podcast is distributed by the women in media podcast network find out more at womeninmedia.network